0: Today, God, we are thankful. We are always reminded of your goodness and your grace and your love and mercy. We are thankful to you that you provide for us. We recognize that all of the things that we have, they belong to you. Every resource is yours, and you allow us to manage it. You allow us to be stewards of your wonderful gifts. So today we pray that we will always remember that we are stewards and not owners, and that we must weigh very carefully what you've given us because we will have to give an account one day. We do thank you for those that are here, those that are not here. Pastor Ronnie, away, bless him and others on the waters and bring them back safely. We thank you right now for your goodness. For those that are not feeling well, my wife and Bridget and others, Samantha, we lift up before you, lift up surely, in a special way. Those that are not even feeling well, even here today, thank you for them being here. Mother Catherine and her family, we lift up. Again, we honor you for who you are. We give you the praise. Now, give us ears to hear the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let me just make a change here. Let me also just say, just, as you know, just give a quick update. Oh, there's Samantha. God bless you. You're feeling better. Wow. You're here. We just, well, you heard your name called. You, you showed that You must have heard the verse, Kirby. <laughs> Just so that you know, until KFAX 1100 has another program, they've been giving us a bonus play for the 15-minute segment that we're now doing on Sundays at 12.47, so you know at 5 p.m. we're on for 15 minutes, and so they've been running that same one, about two or three weeks now, it'll be the third week, 12.47 p.m., and then 5, yes. So, again, I don't know how long that will be, they're just, they're doing a bonus until that spot is filled, so i got to... not long ago about that. In your Bibles, if you would turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And if you don't have your Bible, you can follow along with us on the board. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, beginning at verse 7, 7 through 16. And this is how it reads. Again, I saw vanity under the sun, one person who has no other either son or brother, yet there is no end to all his toil. And his eyes are never satisfied with riches, so that he never asks, For whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? This also is vanity and an unhappy business. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone... When he falls, and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who was alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Better was a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king, who no longer knew how to take advice. For he went from prison to the throne though in his own kingdom he had been born poor. I saw all the living who move about under the sun, along with that youth who was to stand in the king's place. There was no end of all the people, all of whom he led. Yet, those who come later will not rejoice in him. Surely, this also is vanity and a striving after wind. The title of this message is New Lessons Learned. New lessons learned. Point number one, who should my work be for? When we've been looking at Solomon and considering the book of Ecclesiastes, we've been going through the text and we have been oftentimes using um, other passages and scriptures to make our point. We have been looking at various stories. Today I'm going to remain right here uh, in this passage That I've read, Sister Fanny, it is indeed good to see you. You've been away, you've been sick, not doing well, and I'm glad to see that you brought and drove your children here. Your son Michael and Sister Dolores, I know he brought you, but it's good to see y'all here. God bless you. You know, Mike works on some Sundays, and Dolores, Miss Entrepreneur, is doing well. Who should my work be for? Solomon often starts a new section by saying, then I saw. That literally means, then I turned myself. That's what he's saying, then I turned myself. As you know, Solomon has been on this journey to understand the meaning of life. What really is the meaning? The Bible says that he decided that he was going to test everything. And, and we see that as he has concluded his investigation, he has lessons that he's learned that he is putting forth in this book. In fact, when we consider work, we need to understand that God gave work in the very beginning. He gave work way back in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve in the garden. God gave work. There is an aversion for many people today to work glad that you're quiet. Work allows you to have a place to live. It allows you to have food to eat. In fact, the Bible says that if a person does not work, they should not eat. And in fact, I'm going to take you to a passage myself. I did not give this to Anisha, but let me go to the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 3. I'm going to read verses. 6 through 10, second, second Thessalonians chapter 3, 6 through 10, with the emphasis being on verse 10. This is what it says. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness, and not in accord with the tradition that you receive from us. Okay, but you yourselves know how much you ought to imitate us. Because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. Hmm. You see that? But with toil and labor, we work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because excuse me. It was not because we do not have the right that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. I didn't write that. There had been people that had become idle, and Paul says that they actually became busybodies. They began to be involved in various things, and and Paul, whenever he was starting a new work, he, he would go into a place as he was bringing the gospel, and being a tent maker, it was very actually a good job because he would be able to provide um, covering for himself, and he would provide tent making for those that were in need. But he didn't want to be a burden at that time when he was establishing a new church. And so he worked until they were established and then he would give himself full time to the ministry. It's important to note that when we consider work, one has to consider two things that I want to look at under this first point. What's my purpose in working? And second, my gift in working. What's my purpose? Many who have the ability to work and will not work, often get into trouble. You're, you see, God created you in such a way that you have to be involved in doing something. If you're not working, you can get awful off of, off of bored and say, Well, I, I'm bored. I need something to do. And oftentimes that can lead to you getting into some trouble if you don't work. Thank God for those who have been able to retire they worked. They've been able to get a retirement. Bless the Lord, but they worked. And now they've been able to enjoy the benefits. Many people that retire oftentimes work harder in retirement than they did when they were working. They're more busy. Many people believe that work keeps kids out of trouble. And for many, this is true. However, work in and of itself needs to be seen not just as something that I hope to do in order to get a retirement or earn a living from, but it needs to be viewed as my service unto the Lord. You see, work comes from God. It's a good thing. Many people start work looking for the time when they can retire and no longer have to work. No, no, no. Work is a good thing. Whether you're working around the house, whatever your hands find to do, the Bible talks about Doing that. Solomon often looked at contrast. You look at his writings and, and you note contrast even in verse number seven. Now one of the interesting things you will note in verse, uh, numbers, uh, verse 7 of chapter four of Ecclesiastes and 1 it's the exact same statement. Even though one may say oppression, he says the same thing. And you note that he oftentimes is saying all is vanity. He's not saying that something is necessarily worthless, but something that is ironic, something that is uh, is something that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And so he's looking at these various contrasts, and he's learned this lesson. These are some of the things that I've seen. My purpose, from a biblical standpoint, in working should should be to bring glory and honor to God. You see, there's not only work in the church. Many people say, oh, oh, I only do this. No, no, no. Whether you get up in the morning for newspapers and go throw them in the driveway or miss the driveway and throw them in the lawn where the water's running. Whatever you do, you need to know that you are working unto the Lord. Don't minimize what God has gifted you with. Don't put down the job that God has given you. There would be many people that would be hungering for your job. You see, it's our attitude oftentimes in the work that we do. Our attitude makes a difference. You can go to work and just be miserable and make everybody miserable around you because you said, I don't want to be here. Change your attitude and people start wanting to be around you. See, you come, oh, here comes such and such. Let me go the other direction because you know they're going to complain. God wants us to remember that we are in ministry even on our jobs. You see, when you come to church, some people say, Well, I don't, I, I, my real ministry is at the church. No, no, no. Your ministry is where you spend 40 plus hours. So we need to understand that we have a purpose in working. You've got to consider that where you are, God has to be glorified. He has to be honored. When Solomon is looking, he says, I saw something unusual. I saw where there had been a person that kept working and working, and I didn't, I didn't see any, any wife, any children, any brothers, any relatives. There was nobody, and yet he still wasn't satisfied. This person was well-to-do. They had everything that they needed, but they kept working. And he says, what are they working so hard for? He's not putting it down, but he made this interesting observation. He notes this. And when he says all is vanity, all is vanity, he's looking at what motivates an individual. Thank God for poor people, middle class, and the rich. You need them all. They were back in the days of Jesus, and they will be forevermore. Stop trying to make everybody the same. I keep telling you this, everybody's not the same. Poo-poo that person because they make that. You poo that person because they... Well, I should maybe say that word, huh? <laughs> but I did. You get the message. The gifting of what God gives you. Enjoy. I've heard people say that once I get this, I'm going to really start honoring the Lord. Untrue. You honor God with what you have. Now, God has blessed you now with life. He's given breath in your body. Oh, oh, when I get a little more breath in my lungs, I'll really begin to worship God. No, no, no. You worship God with the breath you have right now. I tell you, there are times when, when we, we think that we need more in order to appreciate God. Or that we, if God will really be blessed if I can just get a little bit more. And then you give a little bit more and then you say, that's too much to give to them. But oh, God is good. He blesses you with health strength. He blesses you with everything. And in fact, we should give everything back to him. But God just says, would you bring back to me that which I, I desire? In fact, when we think about ownership, I keep telling you this, when we think about ownership, God owns everything. If you understand that God owns everything, when God comes and say, would you do this for a person? You won't be doing this when he comes. You say, yes, Lord, what do you want? When we consider work, what's my purpose? Why am I laboring so hard? Because my service is unto the Lord. Thank God for those who provide for their family. In fact, there's a scripture that talks about that a person who does not provide for their family is worse than an unbeliever. There's a tendency that we, that we have to only look out for ourselves. You need to. But not only you; you got family. And then you have to remember there's a, there are times when the Lord, the Lord, may put a person on your heart to bless. I've done it. I've seen it. I've done it. Been the recipient. Been the giver. It has happened. And you don't know, sometimes know. I remember years ago. I'm going to tell you this story and move on. There was a young lady that came to this church, and she didn't have what she needed in order to. Moving to the apartment. She had found the place, had been approved, but she didn't have the resources. And the Lord spoke to me and told me to give her what she needed. Now, I'm going to tell you what happened. When she made the announcement, in fact, she made a statement, the Lord spoke to me right away in my spirit Help her. I wanted to make sure I heard God right. Sometimes you need to you need to have your ears a little fine-tuned. So so, so I, I said, this is what I want you to do. There are some programs that help individuals. I want you first to check there, but keep in contact with me to let me know. And so she began searching, and she said, well, this door closed, and this didn't happen. All the ones i sent her to. And right in the back of my mind, I know what the Lord said, and, and, I, and I'm planning to, but I just wanted to make sure. Because it was not an insignificant amount, but I know what the Lord said to me. On the day that she had to have the money, and she called me, says, "This is the day." I so said, "Don't worry about it; it'll be taken care of." Let's meet. Years ago, gave her what she needed. We talked, etc. Was able to be there. And to my knowledge, to this day, she is still in the same place. Years ago. Now, I'm not saying it's a brag, but I'm saying it's that when the Lord speaks. Now, let me say this. She thought, and she decided she wanted to give back. She said, you don't have to give it back. She said, no, I want to. Years later. No, no, no. She thought the church had done it. She didn't know. I said, no. And she was shocked. I never tell that story. I don't tell people that. You're one of the first ones beside my wife that's heard that story. Yeah, she, has, she, I think she knows. She knows. No, nah, I'm, I'm messing with you. She knows. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this this is, this is something when we consider, who am I working for? What, what God has given is my hand open to the Lord, and, and am I willing to allow the Lord to speak into my life? Lord, did I hear you right? If you pray and say to the Lord, God will speak to your spirit. He ought at times impress upon you what he wants you to do. But if you're open, the Lord will do that. I just want to do that. It see, for me, it's hard to be able to receive at times. But the blessing comes when you allow people to bless you and you bless others. Remembering that God has gifted some people with the fact of being able to give without saying anything, just want to bless. So who am I working for? My work should be unto the Lord. Uh, the second thing within this uh, first point that we're looking at Who should my work be for? So we looked at my purpose, my gift in working, my gift. I should consider my working as a gift from God to help others. We wrongly assume that my work in the workplace, not as my gift in serving. Yes, you may be working for pay, wonderful, but it is a service that God has blessed you with. Some consider work, uh, real work, and ministry. Uh, Let me go back. How can some people work 40 hours and not really consider it a ministry? How can one work 40 hours and not consider this a ministry? It, it, It has to be because, in fact, wherever you're spending most of your time, you are coming to contact with people That you normally would not see. My gift in working should always be with the emphasis as a service to the Lord. So if God has given me a gift, whether it is is volunteering or working for pay, it is that which I give back to God. I am serving God in my work. Attitudes have to change. And some people that have prayed for work, God, I pray for this job. You will bless me with the job. Pray for the job, got the job, and then complain all day long about the job that they've gotten. I want this job, and then, oh, I didn't know it was going to be this way. No, 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 no. My gift, my gift. You see, there are times when we may pray for something, but we don't know what it's going to produce. You see, sometimes we have the mindset, we can be very narrow in our thinking because we think that that it's going to go this way. But remember this, there's a lot of trials in the midst of whatever you do. And you've got to remember that if God is running your life, he orchestrates your day. Try this this week. Get out your bed in the morning and get on your knees or get whatever you do first and before you leave the house. Spend time with the Lord and says, God, my day to day, I pray that you will lead me throughout this day and direct my steps. Direct me in this day and whatever happened, I'm going to say and believe that it's from you and give me what I need to get through it. Give me the wisdom. Ask God to do that, and you'll be surprised the things that will happen in that day. But you've got to remember that the Lord is the one who was orchestrating. it. Begin to do that, and you'll begin to see God do some miraculous things in such ways and glorious things that you never didn't even realize or recognize would be happening. I've seen some things happen in a, in a day when I prayed. I am thinking, how in the world did this happen? I've been spending some time in prayer, and then go out, and then I'm thinking, Lord, I don't have the time for here. These are conflicts. And then the Lord begins to arrange this. There's a cancellation. Can you come later for this? We move this over here. Look at what God will do. You may have your day planned, but remember this. If God gives it and begins to orchestrate it, you gotta recognize it's the gift from Him. Point number two. How friendship and working together can be helpful. In verses 9 through 12, Solomon moves to friendship. The first thing that we noted in verses 7 through 9, he began to look at the vanity uh, of working and who one was working for. There was an aspect of isolation or working alone. Then he moves to this matter of friendship. Friendship, friendship. How friendship and working together can be helpful. How friendship and working together, point point to. Can be helpful. That's Ecclesiastes four nine through twelve. I got eight minutes before I'm going to need to be done. I will be done. I may have to come back. There are people who who isolate themselves uh, so much that they complain that they have no friends. They say, I, I just don't have any friends. But there's an there's an isolation that happens in their lives. The Bible says that to have friends, one must show themselves friendly. What, what Solomon noted here was that when a person is working with another individual and if something happens, one falls, even literally falls, there's a person there to pick them up, to help them. And so Solomon notes the point that the blessing it is to have friendship and have people involved in the work and in your lives. Because the blessing is if something happens, you can be strengthened by another. That's why it can be so very dangerous that when one gets depressed or isolated, or if one gets depressed and then begins to move away and isolate themselves, there can be a danger of drifting so far that one has a hard time getting back. You, you see, when one considers a person who falls, there's the aspect of the literal fall, But there's the aspect also of an emotional fall. If one has help that they need emotionally and is by themselves, they are left with their own thoughts and own way of thinking. And if their thinking sometimes can go to that kind of deeper, dark side, it can be hard for them to pull themselves out of. But when you have another person at times says, oh, no, 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 you're looking at that wrong. No, th- this is how you can look at this. They have someone to help bring them out. Because we have a tendency that when we're feeling down to feel that nothing will ever get better. It will always be down. And so we began to move in that direction. And so we began to pull away from people because of that depression or whatever may be happening in our lives. Depression is is a real thing. Some depression has to be treated with medication because of the chemical imbalance there. It's not always related to the fact that a person is depressed because of some demonic activity or, or something that's happened. No, there's some real things that happen, and a person at times goes through a very difficult time. And so we understand that when that happens, it's natural to want to pull away, and that's fine at times, but one does not want to stay there. But when one falls, one has to remember that it's good to have friends that can check upon you and say, hey, haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? Are you okay? To help pull one out. Because we all go through that at times, those difficulties. If a person is into the business, the Bible says here, he says, two can benefit from the joint effort of working together. You can get oftentimes more Done. Now remember, what Solomon says is generally true, it's true, but it does not mean that sometimes it's true in every situation. Remember, he is looking at and dealing with what he has seen, so one can't say, oh, that's different, See, you're not right. No, we allow for the differences, or at some at times, things may not always happen that particular way. But he's noticing the pattern that has been set. Friendship. Now, you need to know that when he talks about if two lie together, he's not talking about intimacy and a sexual relationship with husband and wife. He's talking often, there was a, there was the belief, or well, not the belief, there was the, the people that would travel, and when it came to nighttime and they needed to sleep, they often slept in the open air. And in order for them to keep warm, whether it was shepherds or others, they had to sleep next to each other in order to remain warm. So when he says, how can two, if two lie together, they can keep warm? He's speaking of those that are friends. And so when we consider that, he's speaking of the benefits of friendship. There are some people who want no friends. They don't want friends. You, you don't have to have a slew of people, but if you've got one good friend. I have a friend right now that I may talk to once or twice a year. He's a good friend. But we don't communicate. He's in a different place, but once or twice a year. Some of you know him. Used to be here years ago. But we don't have to talk all the time. Something may happen. Hey, how are you doing? Thomas. How you doing, Thomas? The painter. We, we, we communicate ever so just ever so often. But we've had a relationship since the 80s. But some people, well, you haven't called me. Well, I was in the hospital. You didn't call me. Well, did you tell anybody? No, you're supposed to read my mind. No, you got to let people know when something's going on. I am so glad that this church will do that. They'll let people know. Sometimes I don't know. I'll sometimes give a passage you don't know. No, I didn't know. I, you, you, you're the only one that didn't call me. Well, I got other people that are supposed to be helping you. <laughs> but we have to let people know. If something happens, I want to encourage you with this word as I bring this to a conclusion for today. If something happens, tell somebody. Let somebody know. Hey, I got to go into the hospital. I'm going to be gone for couple days. Let someone know. One of the things about this congregation over the years that people have said that that church has love for one another. That really can't be taken lightly. It's a, it's a blessing to have people that care. People that care. Last point I'll make for today is this. When you consider what God has given And the lessons that Solomon expounds in the passages of the scripture. We are a most blessed people. Why is that? Because we have God's word. And the Lord has so blessed us to be able to enjoy the fellowship with other believers in his word. When we gather together as a corporate body, we enjoy the fellowship of ministry together. Corporate worship. We come and we read the scriptures. We sing songs. We laugh. We have a great time honoring and serving the Lord. That's a gift from the Lord. Friendship. Working together. Loving one another. Something happens. Let's be sure to let people know. Stand to your feet, please. Who should my work be for? It should be for the Lord, to the glory and honor of God. My purpose is should be to bring him honor. It's a gift in working. Then the Lord gives us friendship to help us when we need it. Today, God, we want to thank you for the words that Solomon, you gave to Solomon, and how they have been preserved for the church. Today, even though there may be things that various ones are going through, it's always wonderful to have friends, family, or someone that we can be able to take confidence in to be able to confide in. May we understand and know that, God, you have blessed us in such a marvelous way that we really don't have adequate words to thank you enough for it. May we offer back to you, The very thing that you have already given us. May we remember and know that Christ calls us his friends. We are friends. Christ laid down his life for us. He wasn't an enemy, but a friend. May we not treat you like you are the enemy, God. No, you are the great and wonderful Savior. The great and wonderful God. Now today, as we conclude, we lift up Dane in a special way, Sherry in a special way. It is our prayer that he'll be saved. It is our prayer that, God, you will allow the words to minister and to speak into his very life, and he'll say yes, yes to the will of God. We honor you today that we can lift him up in the family, Those that are dealing with cancer and various illnesses, we lift them up and their families right now. We praise you and give you the glory. Now, as we leave this place, would you lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake? We love you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you.